You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. When your coffee is freshly roasted and ethically sourced, it's music to your ears. Shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com. You know, Clintus, my original reaction here was to say, welcome to episode 30 of Star Wars and Scotch, but I know that's not what I'm supposed to say in this scenario, so I'm going to say the right thing that I'm supposed to say, which is welcome to episode 30 of the Old Fashioned Podcast. <laughs> podcast. It's a podcast. But yeah, my initial reaction was to say, welcome to Star Wars and Scotch, because I've said that like 90-something times. So, uh, But welcome to the Old Fashioned. It's, it's me and Clintus today. Mike is not able to join us, but this is exactly why we asked Clintus to be a part of the show, was because we could do this. Uh, Mike has a crazy work schedule. I also have a crazy work schedule. Clintus, you have a pretty crazy schedule at times, so it just But it's just works. me? It's just me, so there's no like, you know. And honestly, I and I already told you guys this. You come first. You put this on my calendar. Everything else comes around. I just canceled. I just canceled just a, a, a internet tech because <laughs> of the show. I was like, oh, you have to come back later, man. I got. I got. I got. I'm like, I have a Zoom call. <laughs> I told him he didn't have to do that, but he 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 did it. So thank you, and you should all be thanking Clintus. When Kevin calls, Clintus. you answer. At Clintus on Twitter and other places. And is it? It's Clintus on YouTube. Everything. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Because you, you used to be Clintus TV, and then you got everything changed, right? Yeah. Well, uh, technically, technically, YouTube is Clintus TV, but I also have Clintus. So uh, again, uh, so old, <laughs> so old that I have both. They go to the, the same grandfather channel. Grandfathered in. Yeah. That's why when Paul found out that I was able to uh, with the old, it was the old K Magic One Hundred One YouTube that then turned into the old, um, old fashion or sorry, old worst radio show YouTube. That's now was old fashioned and now is going to be rare drop permanent all because of monetization. Uh-huh. That's the funny thing is because I have an old, old YouTube channel from like seven years ago. Yep. Suppose I got a hundred subscribers. They're like, all right, you can make money now, which they don't do anymore. Right. It's a thousand now. That's a thousand. Yeah. 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 That's and a thousand's not easy when you're getting started from like scratch, when you're starting from the bottom and trying to work your way up. A thousand is not easy. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's three metrics. It's, it's, it's like watch time, uh, like minutes watched subs. And I forget the third, the, the, there's a third one, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy for sure. And then what's also tricky too, is like my daughter's channel just got demonetized. Like she wasn't keeping up. And so if you go so long and you don't meet the requirements, you like, it falls out. And I'm, I'm kind of waiting for my gaming channel to get like the warning, like, Hey, you're not, cause I don't really post on my gaming channel anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of like, I'm looking at my stats, like technically I'm not getting the watch time, but I think it's for 12 months. So like if, if I don't meet the requirements for 12 full months, that's when it, I think you lose partnership. Interesting. I had no idea. Well, there you go. You all got a lesson on YouTube this morning for free. So go tip Clintus now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so you How'd you, you have the nitro cold brew that i have not tried yet yes yes it's very tasty being here in arizona it's hot real quick we were talking about before the show started like i still prefer hot coffee like when i go to coffee shops and i'm getting myself a nice latte i almost always want to order it hot at least for the first time i've never had it before because it's like it just tastes better mm-hmm. but i also like i can't drink hot coffee like i might i have a very sensitive tongue i burn my tongue all the time my wife's always like it tastes fine and i'm like ah! I burn my tongue so i drink i get iced coffee a lot of times just because i can enjoy it quicker i can just drink it faster um but yeah nitro cold brew is my, my jam so when i heard that king's coast was doing it in-house i was just like oh i ordered four 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 packs and i was like stocking up the mini fridge i'm ready to rock and roll and you know the cold brew the cool thing is it's going to be revolving so every every i don't want to say the exact time frame but you figure around every 
six weeks ish there'll be a new flavor of cold brew dropping love it and i guarantee you they're gonna go within a day every time because that's something people are rabid for that's something we didn't offer last year because we were building out the program and actually financially we lost money because we didn't sell cold brew which is shocking uh but understandable at the same time but yeah. Uh, yeah so cold brew is back it's back for good we have most of the stuff in house uh and you should be keeping your eyes peeled over at kingscoastcoffee.com uh to see when that cold brew comes back and i can tell you there will be offerings where king's club gets preferential treatment so if you're not on our subscription program you absolutely should be because uh you know you can get offerings that other people aren't i know jamaican blue mountain they do on uh, first offering a King's Club sometimes just because we can only get so many of them. So we try and reward the uh, folks who uh, treat us treat us the best and uh, absolutely love us. So, yeah, kingscoastcoffee.com. And the only other thing today is GCX is around the corner. It is soon. It's soon. so close. Trust me, I know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, right now, while we're recording, the GCX channel is very much live. CM and Sam are... Uh, doing their magic words show on the GCX channel, giving everyone information about GCX. Notice it's not me. Thank God. No offense, but you guys were all <laughs> screwing with my mental health all of those years when I was on those streams. So I have taken a step back to uh, do what I do, which is run things behind the scenes because y'all are crazy. You do it so well, apologize. dude. You do it like, so look, well. it was difficult, but I could still do it, but I prefer to put other people in front of the camera and just because... You know, that's what that's what I prefer. It's my personal preference. <laughs> but GCXevent.com slash tickets. They're announcing right now. They're announcing a bunch of the creators that are going to be there. Um, uh, we got some voice actors coming to do signings. We got uh, escape room. We got um, what else? A lot of tabletop stuff. D&D. &D. Uh, I, I said in Discord yesterday that we uh, we had put a request into our friends at Microsoft. Not just a generic request. Like I asked people we know said, hey, can we stream the Microsoft presser direct from the floor? Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a yes back. So when we get that yes back, we'll prepare to do a panel that'll have a reaction for everything. So that was oh, yeah. just perfect, perfect timing for us because it will. that presser is going to be on Sunday, the Bethesda Xbox One, which Clintus and I will be theorizing something about later in the show today. But GCXevent.com slash tickets, go get yours and, uh, you know, make it happen. I can hear Paul's computer breaking in the other room. His, he keeps tripping his um his power supply so it's beeping i know you can't hear it on the on the stream but i can hear it because he's monitoring the gcx thing streaming that and recording this at the same time and i don't think his computer can handle it so it's funny <laughs> it's funny we're gonna have to get him two computers he's gonna be like mega desk from uh, parks and rec yeah, oh no yeah, mega yeah. desk was from office parks and rec was when ron had the circular desk the circular desk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he tried to ignore people by spinning in a circle. Because <laughs> uh, what's-his-name wanted to do it more, like, aerodynamic-friendly or whatever. I don't know, I don't remember. That's not the right word. Anyway, uh, how was your week, man? Uh, it was good, dude. It was good. Uh, so if we circle back to last week's episode, right, we talked about WoW and my lack of MMO experience. I have since rectified that. Um, so we can get into that. But, uh, yeah, I just... Uh, it's been a kind of a crazy week, like a lot of things going on. Uh, my daughter's got prom uh, tomorrow, so kind of been like going with her and prepping that uh, in regards to um, getting her getting her settled with that and, you know, figuring out what her plans are and figuring out what I'm, what we're OK with as parents, you know, because it's her it's her junior year. So it's her first prom. Um, so, you know, going through the motions there.
I guess that's the part where Max is going to go B or Nate, whoever's editing B with the technical difficulty thing up. And, uh, you know, then we'll come back and it'll be us right here. And hopefully this stays in. Anyway, Cleansis, how was your week? <laughs> week was good, man. Week was good. Uh, you know, I uh, if we roll back to last week's episode and my lack of MMO experience, I rectified that. And so we're going to jump into that. But uh, on a personal note, my daughter's got prom this uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, as of this recording. So helping her get through that, like plan this, plan that, what she's going to do, trying to figure out you know, before and the after and, you know, what we're okay with and stuff like that because it's her first prom as a junior. So uh, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Can't complain. My proms were both very uneventful. It was like... My wife out. and I are a year apart, so we had three and we're trying to remember, like, I, I honestly, we can't remember my junior year. We totally remember my senior year. We remember her senior year. Like, we remember those two and, like, we could count, but we, we couldn't remember, like, the, the first one we went to, the junior one. I'm like, well, it's old longer and most likely uneventful because it was our first one we had better plans the second time around <laughs> yeah we just uh we went the second one we just hung out with some friends and then that was it everybody went home and then uh my wife's prom we went to because it was down here um we went to the beach and uh hung out and i got my wallet stolen so that's the oh. reason i remember her prom because then her parents <laughs> had to give me money because the i got my wallet back so i got my id so i could fly home but they had taken like all of the cash i mean this was a long time ago so sure, sure. cards were not as widely used but they took the cash out and uh you know that sucked <laughs> anyway uh yeah my week was uh i went to pax and oh, uh, yeah how was boston boston was good to go again um <laughs> i stayed in a different part at this time uh, when I went for the coffee expo, I went to the the harbor area, and this time I stayed in the commons area. Um, so it was a bit quieter. Uh, I was a little, little farther away from uh, where all the PAX people were staying. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was good. I uh, went to some nice restaurants, got to see a bunch of people, you know, that we haven't seen in a while. And I uh, also got to meet some new people that I haven't uh, met before. So um, it was great having conversations and uh, meeting people. Most of my time was spent off the floor. The only time I was really on the floor was I went to the tabletop area to introduce ourselves from a GCX perspective. Uh, kind of like checked out the floor and made sure, you know, there was anyone we needed to talk to from a, a large booth perspective. But the thing I noticed this year was a lot of the folks from the companies weren't even there. It was mostly PR companies and whatnot running booths really? for the devs. Yeah. And the only AAA developer there was, was um, 2K. Uh, oh, wow. Tiny Tina. That was it. Everything else was indie. Uh, or smaller and Intel had like the size of like four booths. It was huge footprint wow. that Intel had. So um, it was great. There was probably over the course of the weekend, I would guess about 50,000 people down from roughly 80, which is what they used to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think they, cause Saturday was sold out and I think they capped the number at a lower number than, you know, was anticipated. So overall it was good um and uh enjoyable made me excited for gcx also made me feel better about the struggles we're having with gcx because it seems to be industry-wide not just you know the same ones we're having yeah so yeah that, that made me feel uh, a lot better and you know as things get better then hopefully events will too um but yeah so pax was good got to i had some lobster in boston uh tim went to fenway park without me i'm super <laughs> pissed because uh will middlebrooks invited him and rexilla to fenway park and he left me to go to Fenway because, you know, I'm the only baseball fan in the company. So whatever, you know, just go to Fenway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was my. Oh, I got tattooed yesterday. That was the only other thing. Really? Right here. Yeah, it got colored, colored in. But my tattoo artist is moving. So now I need to find a new tattoo artist in Florida. 
because mm. he's only going to be back like once a year to do work and i go like three four times a year to you know my old man body's getting old and i can only tolerate so much at a time now so i'm trying <laughs> to like wrap it up and you say that when you have a lot but yeah. you know you just keep going at some point and yeah, uh, yeah but he was telling me the guy before him was probably in his mid to late 50s and he's like he only comes for like an hour on a weekday morning like every couple of months like he just doesn't want to sit for a long time and i was like yeah i'm almost there too because i sat for two and a half hours yesterday i was like i got time for this i'm miserable it's just That's annoying so i just turned 40 this last year right and i had talked about getting my first tattoo at 40 mm-hmm. but then i forget what the conversation came about but my daughter turns 18 this year Mm-hmm. and she's already like got ideas and plans She's like oh i'm definitely getting tattoos and i already thought about this this and this and so i was like maybe i'll wait for you and we'll go together and we'll get our first tattoos together yeah, yeah so that's kind of like what i'm leaning on my oldest wants she wants matching a matching tattoo with her me my wife her stepdad and her mom she oh, wants that's cool. five of us to have one matching tattoo yeah it's like a connection to all of us so we were all like because yeah. me and her stepdad have a ton and then her mom has a few danielle has none but she Ooh. said she would do it for you know yeah laundry. see that's how i am so that's okay so that's the real quick side story on tattoos my brothers i have two younger brothers i'm the oldest my youngest brother drew a tattoo for us and it, it's so it's clint austin travis that's my brothers in that order so my mom always introduced us as like these are my boys clint austin travis you can remember who's who by going cat c-a-t so my brother drew this. The original one was badass. The second one was okay, and that's what ended up being the tattoo. But it's a C-A-T that makes, like, the face of a cat, like, the way he drew it. And um, the first one was, like, actually Tiger. It was in the stripes. And, th- and then he lost it. And the second one he did was more of, like, just – it almost kind of looks like the uh, Thundercats logo, right? So it's, like, mm-hmm. a C-A-T. And we're like, we should get that as a tattoo. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. And we, like, try to make this plan. My youngest brother, being immature and impatient, went and did it without us and got it done. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, we're supposed to do this together. It's supposed to be our first thing together. I was like, all right, screw it. Austin, me and you, buddy. He ends up going to do it without him, too. He's like, just get it done, man. Just whenever you're convenient. I'm like, that's not the point. It was supposed to be a, a brother thing. We're supposed to do it together. And yeah, so then they they both got it done, and I, I never got it done. I don't. I never. I never got it done because it's like it was the 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 whole point was lost on me. Plus, they got it on their back of their neck. I'm like, you can't even see it. You can't even appreciate it. Like, if I ever were to get it done, I'd get it on my shoulder, or my chest, or like you know something where if I get tattooed, I want I want to be able to see it first of all, you know. And so yeah, so that was that was a, a to me if it's gonna get, if I'm gonna do it, it has to have some kind of meaning behind it. So I like the idea of that. Uh, you know what you're doing with your with potentially with your daughter, um, especially since you guys are all close. Like you, you know, stepmom, mom, all, like you guys are all close. You guys are all friends and, and partners and stuff. So it's super cool and, and has a lot more meaning that way for sure. Well, the funny thing is, is and we talk about this all the time, is the older you get, the less you care about meaning. Yeah, <laughs> true. When you have a bunch, like I used to like put deep thought into it, and then I got the outline of this one, and it's it's a magpie. Um, so. The reason I got the magpie is the myth behind the magpie is they're attracted to like shiny jewels and whatnot. And they, it's not true, but it's a myth. So my wife actually came up with the idea because I've always wanted a tattoo for her. Cause I have, I have a, on this pectoral, I have a, a buck for my son. And then for my oldest daughter, I have a dove over here somewhere. And then I have a sandhill crane for my youngest daughter because she was born in Florida and we, they fly around our backyard and make really loud, annoying noises, but they're beautiful birds. Um, so that was the reason behind that one. Um, so I was like, all right, if we're going to do, she doesn't want her name or anything cause they, they all have their names, but she doesn't want her name. She just wanted something like representing her. So we did the magpie 
um and it's got like baubles and jewels and and stuff you can look on my instagram by the way if you want to see it and uh in the in the nest with it and then um it has a i put a crown on it so it's queen and uh there was this like aura behind its head and she's like is that the moon because the hunter one has the sun coming up behind it and she's like when you did the outline she's like is that the moon i was like i don't know <laughs> she's like what do you mean you don't know i was like you don't ask anymore you stop once you hit a certain age after you've gotten a bunch, you stop telling the artist, like, this is what I want you to do. All you do is go in with an idea and they go, you like this? And you go, mm-hmm, and then they do it. That's it. There's just, there's no more conversation. There's no more, could you do this? Could you tweak this? Could you change it? They hate, they hate that. And we had a discussion about it this morning with with Wayne and Pete and, and they were like, yeah, think how many dudes come in and they're just like, you know, I want this if you could angle it this way and you could put it like how annoying it must be to be a tattoo artist. And by the time they get to you, they just they hate everything. So if you go to like a junior artist or an apprentice, they're usually really psyched because they're new to it. If you go to the older, like tenured folks, which is who I go to now, they don't, they're just, they just want to get paid. They're like so <laughs> over it at that point. So it's really funny to see that. And the fact that I had no idea. So I went back to him. I was like, Nick, is that what is, is that's an aura, right? Or something. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Like halo or something. It's just like design. And I was like, it looks, can good. It be, it looks good. I said, can it be a moon? Because, um, that'd be cool with the sun. And also, um, remember in game of Thrones, uh, Drago, Dra Drogo, whatever his name was, used to call, um, uh, Khaleesi, the, uh, his moon and his stars. Yeah. So I'd say that to Danielle. So I was like, yeah, it would work for, for moon. He's like, yeah, whatever. Kevin, it can be whatever you want it to be. I was like, yeah, sounds good. Let's do that. So he made it a moon on, at last minute. And then um, the only other thing he did was in the bird's mouth is a long chain, which that was fun because he had to outline each bead of the chain. And then Ooh. he put the color in it. And then he put a shimmer on it for reflected light. <laughs> so he just kept going over the same spots. And I was like, <laughs> and it goes down by my nipple. So... <laughs> <laughs> that yep, was a good time. I see that. It looks good. It looks good though. It looks good. Yeah, I'm I'm done with with touching my. I was like, I'll do something on my sternum now. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Good. I'm good on the chest. Like I've <laughs> I've done enough. I might. I'm gonna do some filler. That's about it. Um, but uh, if you look down by the bottom, there's three jewels, and those are the kids' birthstones. Oh yeah, nice. So nice. It's Garnet, diamond, and ruby, and that's Audrey, Hunter, and Julesy. Love it. Yeah, so that's the, that. See, there that's is cool. meaning behind it, but like my wife came up with most of it. The biggest, the bright idea I had was the crown. <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I did that, but now I got to go find someone new. I'm probably going to look outside of Tampa, though, because Tampa does not have a, a great selection of artists like New York did. Gotcha. So I went to three different people in New York, um, and one of them is one of them owns two shops. He's in his 60s now. He used to be my mom's neighbor, like legendary tattoo artist. Uh, the other one has a four-year waiting list now, so I'm definitely Damn. not getting in with him anytime soon. Uh, and the third one uh, got in trouble for tax evasion and has not been heard from ever <laughs> since. So <laughs> he was actually my first tattoo. Um, uh, so uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know where he is. Plus, he didn't do a great job, so I didn't want to go back anyway. So I'm Moving probably gonna on. start looking in like Miami, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, and places like that because they do have good shops with good reputations. How far are you from Miami? It's like four and a half, five hours, depending on what part of Miami you're going to. But okay. you can fly for, for cheap, and it takes like a 40-minute flight, if even that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's, like, but it's one of those flights that by the time the plane gets up, it's already coming down. That, that's me in Vegas. That's like me in Vegas. Yep. Vegas yep, is exactly. a four, four-and-a-half-hour drive or like an up-and-down flight. That was New York to Boston. It was always just like, it was always just like up, 
and then yeah. down like that you know but like, like here's by some the time, water <laughs> yeah, by the by the time you're getting comfortable and getting your ipad and unbuckling your seatbelt they're like we're <laughs> exactly so it's uh it was good somebody actually ironic you say that oh it was tim when we were at pax he was talking about um he's like man i miss your flight simulator streams those were so good that was like one of the last things i did when i was streaming was yeah, uh, yeah, magic airways uh-huh. I know, all I had was a setting on my my Go XLR, and it would make me sound like you know, like we're just trying to pair down takeoff. You just speak some nonsense. Yeah, I mean, we have the throttle and stuff. I I donated it to Rare Drop, so we could easily uh, just create a cockpit, you know, in one of the empty rooms here. Oh, you could make it dual purpose. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I actually, I actually saw a setup that had two of the monitors. We have the long Samsung monitors, the 48 inch mm-hmm. there. And uh, I actually saw one that had two of those, like that. So it went to here and then it was used for flight simulator. Uh, so he could like turn it which way yeah, he yeah. wanted. And I was like, man, that's just, it's technology is so crazy. So uh, yeah, but uh, that was my week. Uh, nothing, nothing too exciting. Um, I started watching which I want to talk about Batman with you so we can segue into that. But on the plane, I started watching like old Batman because it inspired me. So I watched the two Tim Burton ones. Okay. They're so good. So good. It's been a while. It's been a while. And then Jerry Bruck, I think it was Jerry Bruckheimer just ruins the next two. Those are two of the worst movies ever. Uh, Schumacher. Schumacher. Was it Schumacher? All right. Yeah. Schumacher. Yeah. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. And, yeah those- and the thing is, I'm, I'm kind of torn because like I... Like, I know Gotham is Gotham, right? So it's supposed to be dark and, and gloomy, and Tim Burton nailed that, I think, right? It's, it's just dark, and it's wet, and whatever. But I kind of dig the the neon lights and, like, the, you know, like, in Batman Forever, the one with Val Kilmer, like, I like that transition. I, I thought it was kind of cool, like, Gotham kind of stepped up its game and kind of stepped into the new, you know, new era and stuff. But then the whole vibe of the movie went down that path. You know, the Riddler and, and, and even Two-Face was like, you know, it's all bright colors and stuff. And I'm like, mm, yeah, it kind of ruined, ruined that for me. Everyone, and, and this is my theory with Batman, Batman is nothing without his, his rogues gallery, his villains. I think 100%. that's what sets him Agreed. apart from any other superhero, any other comic, anything else, is that his villains, in my opinion, in my opinion, I'm saying those words, chat, in my opinion, is the best. They are the most iconic, uh, the most recognizable in pop culture, and you know everyone pretty much knows their story. So it's difficult to create new content. But with Tim Burton, like you said, I love the comic book version of Gotham brought to life in that in those yeah. movies. Um, and then I think Schumacher, like you said, the sets are cool, but then they go a little bit too far, you know, making the personalities match the sets and it didn't match what we're used to. Now, I'm all about dynamic range when it comes to villains. I have no problem with reinventing the way they are, but doing it the right way. And we've seen it done the wrong way so many times. I, I love Nolan's trilogy. I yeah. think that was the best representation of what Batman in our world would be. Um, you know, no, nothing crazy or over the top, just like a very visceral, um, real approach. And this movie took, I think, both of those ideas and mashed them together. 100%. Like Gotham was comic booky enough that it felt very noir. And, um, you know, it had those elements of being stuck in the 50s, but also... You know, when they showed Thomas Wayne, it said it was CCTV footage from 2020. So right. it did bring it into the current era as well, but it still had that old school vibe to it. Um, and again, the villains were the important part in this for me was 
I have no problem changing the Riddler, but I love the way he was changed in this into the Zodiac Killer, essentially. Oh, yeah. And it was it was a take on the Riddler that we had never dreamed of before. And he was so psychotic and so unhinged and so off the chain. But they always went back to the well, which was like society made me this way. Mm hmm. You know, and they, they touched on the cause and effect of Batman versus the villains, who creates who, who instills who, which is always the best story. You know, at the end of Batman Begins, when they introduce that the Joker's going to be the next villain, you know, they talk about how the guy dresses up as a clown, he's crazy, and here's his calling card, and he hands it to him, you know. So it's like the equal reaction mm -hmm. of, you know, good versus evil, you know. When good steps up its game and the vigilante comes, well, bad is also going to step up, and that's when they're going to come back, and you get the penguin, and you get Riddler, and now you have yep. Joker. Um, so well, it's, it's even that line towards the end, you know, I, I, no spoilers, but like when oh, no, we can, this is full spoilers, go nuts. Okay, well, well but when when uh, Gordon goes, "Who the hell are you?" and he goes, and, then, and the guy that they just took down goes, "I'm vengeance." It's like full circle right like batman's vengeance in the like towards the beginning like he's here to fight for the you know the common man and then like you said the villains have kind of come full circle like i'm vengeance for uh the ones that have gotten forgotten about right or even in that sense it's like i'm vengeance i'm just like you yes but like i don't you. have i don't have the moral standard that you also yes. have and that that is what sets it apart and that's a commentary that is applicable to things going on in the world today is like the representation of good in, in, wolf, in the wolf in sheep's clothing that thinks they're doing the right thing, but going about it like in the most immoral, exactly. terrible possible way you can, you know, that's, that's the difference. And that's what makes Batman so interesting is his moral code. And that's what the villains always try and challenge, no matter what stage of Batman we're in, in whatever we're telling, there's always the challenge to the moral code, which is why, Joker is always the yin to the yang. He's always yeah. the opposite. He always wants Batman. His goal is never truly known because his end goal is always the same, which is like, I want Batman to break his moral code. I yes. want him to be corrupted. I want him to come down to my depths and my level. And that's the joke. That's the funny part to me. If I can corrupt him, I can corrupt anyone. Yep. And they touched on that in this too, because, you know, you saw the deleted scene with the Joker, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm referencing that here because he nails everything that happens in the movie and he doesn't all he looks at is a few pieces of paper. But the thing that he gets me that he got really well is is when he when Batman's leaving and we see his face for the first time and which is in and of itself incredible. And he's like, you think they deserved it? And he starts laughing and he's saying it over and over and louder. And Batman just turns and walks out the door because Batman at that point is like, fuck, he's right. Like, I do think that they deserved it because they were. They were corrupt, you know, pieces of garbage that weren't helping Gotham. Right. Um, but that's the joke to the Riddler. Like, you're fighting against yourself. You're, you're battling yourself. And you think those people, the, the mayor, it was the mayor, right, in the beginning? Yep. The mayor, the DA, they deserved it because they were in cahoots with the bad people representing themselves as good. So in a way, he's like, he, doesn't he say at one point, he did your job for you or something? Yeah. Something yeah, yeah, along yeah. those lines. Those along those lines, yeah. Yeah, so it's like that whole... Uh, you know, juxtaposition of Batman's here, but then he's protecting people that, you know, technically are, are they the, as bad as the Riddler? Are they as bad as the Joker? Like, that's the question. And that is the best version of Batman where they start to like unravel the moral fabric and really not make it so black and white and muddy it up and make it gray because you don't really have the right answer because it's like, yeah, the mayor was a piece of shit. He probably should have been killed 
but should it have happened that way at the hands of this man? Like, it's like, you really start to question. That was what The Dark Knight was. It was just that constant questioning of morality, the entire movie, the, the speech in the hospital. You know, like if, if I tell you a little mayor's going to die, you all lose your mind. But if I tell you a convoy of soldiers gets blown up, no one bl blinks an eye, yeah. you know? And that's what, to me, and Marvel did a really good job in the MCU of making, you know, morality a bigger picture, you know, when the Avengers go rogue and everything um, with the Sokovia Accords and after Ultron, they did that. But I think Batman is the pinnacle of like that, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? That, that moral fabric and, you know, how justice isn't concrete. My daughter even said she was like, because um, she saw it with me. She said the vengeance part. She was like, he doesn't know that he's supposed to be justice yet because he's so young. He thinks vengeance is the answer. He doesn't know that justice is actually what he represents because, you know, but and again, it flips it again, because even if Batman's justice, he's going to deliver them to the justice system, which then the criminals gonna be like, well, the justice system is just as corrupt. Yep. So and you know, Joker or Penguin, they'll be like, look how I I'm out on the streets again. Look how I manipulated the justice system. So again, you're dealing with that. But she was like, yeah, that's why he's like super emo, Bruce, because he's still dealing with the death of his parents. He hasn't come to terms with that yet. He still thinks vengeance is the answer. Not although at the, by the end of the movie, he kind of realized that vengeance is not the answer. It's yeah, justice yeah, yeah. Um, and that he needs to help the city, not avenge. Um, so. She made a really good point with that for me that it was like he's not he's not quite there yet. And then um, who's the director? I forgot his name. Ooh, I hate that. I suck at that. I don't know. Uh, Matt uh, Reeves. No, Matt Reeves. Thank you. Yeah. So Matt Reeves even said, like, everyone's not really where we know them in traditional Batman media. Everyone's just getting their start. So he's like, Joker's not even quite Joker yet. He's just beginning this journey. And Batman is still dealing with all of this stuff to become the Batman we know. And he's like, even Riddler has growth, you know? And I, I really hope they do what Nolan did. Obviously he, you know, Heath was supposed to be in the third movie. Yeah. But obviously they had to take him out, but I hope they do what Nolan did. Don't kill the villains, like make them a part of the future. Absolutely. Make them appear in the TV show. Cause you know, Penguin's getting his, his own show. Yep. Yep. Which, Dude, that blew my mind when I realized who that was. Colin Farrell. No freaking idea. He doesn't look like him, doesn't sound like him. But then when I realized it, I watched it the second time around. I was like, oh, my God, you can see it in his eyes. Like, oh. He walked by uh, Jeffrey Wright, who played Gordon, who, by the way, was one of my favorite. Uh, he's not commissioner yet. He's still lieutenant. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah. He's one of my favorite people to play Gordon. I love Jeffrey Wright because of, of Westworld. He, he's a phenomenal actor. Um, so he was one of my favorite people to play Gordon ever. But when he he walked by Jeffrey Wright on set and Jeffrey Wright turned to Matt Reeves and said, who the hell is that? And Matt Reeves started laughing and he went, hey, Colin. And he turns around and he walks up to him and he's like, Jeffrey. And he's in the voice because apparently once Colin Farrell put the makeup on, he was in character. Never wrote character. Yep. Yeah. He had to stay in. He never left. So he's talking to everybody like the penguin on set. And Jeffrey was right. was like, my mind was blown blown i could not believe that that was colin farrell no idea i said neither could we watching it that was that was such a great performance um and i think they the way they set penguin up that they knocked off the two most known crime bosses in gotham now penguin can be the crime boss and he can take over the gotham underworld because i like penguin as a crime lord uh, i don't like when they try and like except in batman returns where the whole circus angle and being discarded. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Um, yeah. But I've seen him screwed up too many times. So I really like that they're making him just straight up a mobster. 
Um, and that that's more of his nickname. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I loved him. I can't wait for him, his show to come off. But again, as long as we see people from the movies in these TV shows and it's like MCU where the crossover is there. I think well, it can... seems like that's kind of what the DC's doing, like with their they're shows. They're doing the Gotham verse. Yes, yeah. So they're taking they're taking the DC universe out, and they're just doing Gotham for this project. Oh, okay. Because I think they've failed so many times with DCEU yeah. that they feel Batman can hold its own. It's yeah, probably yeah. one of the only IPs in comics that can literally stand on its own and does not need any help from anything else in its universe. So I think them doing a Gotham verse is super smart because it's like people like me that love Batman. We don't have to worry about Superman, Aquaman, you know, not that yeah. I love Wonder Woman and Aquaman. I think they were the best casting. And it makes me really sad that we missed a mark to, you know, have the right Justice League. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the well, Gotham verse is what they're going to do. Well, what it's, what's weird too is, is that DC's like fractured in now three, three ways, right? So you've got like the Flash, Green Arrow, like Supergirl, they were they they do the crossovers over time, right? All the time. They, Batgirl, they they recasted Batgirl, but like they do the crossovers, and, and, and that whole universe is connected. There's even the new Superman, right? The new Superman series, all those series is, are all connected. And then you've got the movies, which is the Justice League, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, right? Like that ver- flavor. And then you've got like the Gotham show, which I don't know if that ties in because that's like a whole different. Like that's a different Fox. universe too. It, different universe, right? And now you've got this new Batman, and so like it's super weird because it's completely opposite of what Marvel has has done, right? Like they start with all the movies, now they got the TV shows that are direct connections to the movies, right? The characters and everything are are crossing over. Like uh, WandaVision, perfect example. They brought a character in from Ant Man. They brought a character in from Thor. They brought a character in from uh, Captain Marvel. Like boom, boom, boom into this one show. And like, that's how Marvel and, and, you know, Disney is doing their thing. Whereas DC is like all over the place. And you're like, and I think the Flash movie, I'm not, I, I don't, I can't confirm this, but maybe you can. Like the Flash movie is going to try and do that where the, like the Flash is going to go through multiverses. Apparently and bring the in- Flash TV show did the multiverse to, it wasn't introduced because Darkseid and Steppenwolf in the movies constantly talked about how there's multiple universes that they have to conquer. Yeah. So DC out of the gate was talking about the fact that it's all connected, but they're separate universes. Marvel, yeah. I think, did it better in the sense that like they're like, here's the main universe, but now there's gonna be all these splinters. And then, you know, once they got the rights to all the Fox stuff, they're like, we gotta bring the X-Men in. But yeah. the right way to do it is to create the multiverse, which I think in Doctor Strange we will see the X-Men for the first time. I'm so stoked. Um, probably Fantastic Four too. Yeah. Um but for for DC, I think it was the Flash show or it was a special or something, but that was the one where like Michael Keaton was brought back. So Flash, because you know Flash can travel through the multiverse, right? Yes. Because he, yeah, yeah. he's so fast. Yeah. So they brought back Michael Keaton. I don't know if it was deleted or something. They brought back Smallville Superman. Yep. Um, and they apparently, I think they had the, I, I didn't see this. I heard about it and read about it. They had the two Flashes meet each other yes. briefly for like 15 seconds. Cause yes. Um, so they introduced it, I think it was on television, but yep. the new Flash movie, you're right, is supposed to dive into it a bit more, so who knows what cameos will be in this movie, although it seems like Ezra Miller has done his Flash now since he's been arrested twice in the past, like, <laughs> three weeks. <sighs> yeah, no, this Batman movie was, uh, I keep saying, like, it's my favorite Batman movie. I, I won't say it's the best, obviously that's all subjective, but it's definitely my favorite one. 
And this is like the detective version, right? And he even starts off the movie where he's like narrating, like it's Wednesday, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like it's totally that noir, like you said, style. You know, even when we saw the posters in the very beginning, when they started teasing it, that red, you know, vibe they had. And uh, yeah, I, I loved, I really, really, really loved this movie. One critique on the detective scenes, and I was speaking to someone at PAX this weekend who said this, and I fully agree with it. If they made the detective scenes more like the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr., where he's walking the scene and talking to himself in his head about the scene. Oh, and scene Instead of just like, yeah. And they almost try and bring us along for the journey of how intelligent he is instead of like the open room. And we're like, it's probably under the carpet. And he's like, it's under the carpet. And he's like ripping up the carpet. And you're like, all right, I would love it if it was more of a veiled thing. Also from the Sherlock Holmes movies, my favorite part, and they could easily do this in Batman is they give you the plot up front. You just have to be paying super close attention to minor ass details that probably nobody would ever get on their first watch. Um, you know, but they they did a little bit of it, like the first shot of the Iceberg Lounge, because you know how Riddler was across the street the entire time, and we don't yeah. know that till the end of the movie. Yeah, he's in the shot. The first city shot of the Iceberg Lounge, he's in the shot. The really? light is on in his apartment, and you can see the the telescope or whatever he's using to look down, and he's just standing there. No shit. Yep. And they pay in the camera away, and he's just it's, it, someone found it and posted it. I was like, oh my god, wow, it's right there. That's cool. So they did do stuff that. like that. I would like them to go deeper because I yeah. want I want to feel like Batman is the world's greatest detective, you know? And I, I will say this too. I mean, obviously when this, this movie first came out, there was a lot of stuff like on Twitter and Reddit and everything about like the best Batman, the best Batman movie, the best Bruce Wayne, blah, blah, blah. I will say I really enjoyed Ben Affleck in Justice League and, and, and Batman v Superman. Like I thought he I thought he did well and I liked him as Bruce Wayne and as you know again he's up more like older right like he's kind of been around the he's I can't do this by myself I need help you know we're gonna you know we need heroes blah blah I really like that and I hope I don't know there's been talk about it I hope there is another Justice League and he plays Batman in that realm I don't think this Batman crosses over I think this is a totally standalone separate thing but I'd love to see Ben Affleck come back just for that version so I hated Ben Affleck less than I thought I would, but with Ben Affleck, I hated the voice modulator on Batman. It drove me yep. nuts. Yeah, yeah. But I also hated Christian Bale's Batman voice, and I loved Christian Bale. Like, his Batman voice was terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, Batman's also two roles, so everyone should be judged by how they play Bruce Wayne and how they play Batman. Sure. Um, and I also don't think it's fair to even put Pattinson in this conversation yet because he's, he's playing a different Batman than we've ever seen. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, he's like super like we've seen it in animated, we've seen it in comics, but we haven't seen this Batman played out on the screen yet where he's so young. We saw it in flashbacks with with Christian Bale, but yeah. it wasn't like the it wasn't the movie like Christian Bale. Yes, was learning to be Batman, but by then he had kind of coped with the death of his parents yeah. and moved forward and knew that he was justice. He's literally this version's learning on the job. Like yeah. he's he's not he doesn't have it together. Um some people said they didn't like the whole Alfred thing. I liked it because some of the movies don't really explore the emotional connection that they have, that Alfred is essentially his surrogate father. Yeah. Um, but I think they went into it immediately because of the profound impact that Michael Caine had with uh, Christian Bale's character. Like, we went on an emotional freaking roller coaster with those two. Yeah. In the first movie, when he's hurt and he's like laying in the range, like, oh, God, on the calm. 
And Alfred comes out in the car, picks him up, throws him in the back seat. He's like crying in the car. Like none of the other Alfreds really did that before. They cared and we always saw it. Um, but this one was kind of like the young, like, you're not my dad. Don't act yeah. like my dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then when Alfred was in the hospital, he was like, okay, you essentially are. You are my dad. Yeah. yeah. And I love they casted it well too. Like I didn't, it didn't click for me. Like, um, the age gaps, right? Like mm -hmm. a, a younger Alfred for a younger Bruce Wayne, right. Yep. Versus Christian Bale, you know, and, and, uh, Michael, Michael Caine. Thank you. Michael been Caine. There, yeah. He'd Much been older. there the whole time. You could tell. Yeah, much older. This, yeah, exactly. This one's only been what twenty years since they were killed, or something, or a little bit yeah. less than that, something around there. Exactly. So, yeah, he's only he's only probably in his late fifties. Yep. Um. So I I hope they explore with Andy Circus's uh, Alfred that Alfred is a freaking badass, like used to be British special agent yes. and stuff, and can fight and whatnot. Um. And some of the some of the additions of Batman too, like he's the one who teaches Bruce a lot of. The he stuff. made that comment. He's like, I could teach you to fight, but I can't teach you. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like the the Batman Begins, it was Ra's al Ghul that taught him how to fight, right? Like that was yep. kind of the, the thing. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So we we <clears throat> will we'll see what they do with this version of Batman. But my thought process is the the reason he's so young and and naive and um you know coming to grips with what happened to him is because he is essentially a child. And yeah. he's still trying to figure out his way. He's still trying to figure out what he means to Gotham and why he's doing this. Um, but they left room for everyone to grow. Like Gordon is not commissioner yet. Yep. Um, I think the bat signal at the end was like the first, you know, they've done that before where it's like, we have the bat signal, you know, they've in the end of the Tim Burton one, he's like, how do we call him? And he, <laughs> he gave us a sign. Like, <laughs> gave us a sign. So <laughs> it, 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 that's been played before, but I, I think the, um, mental journey that we're going on with bruce is, is going to be a little bit more impactful building on what we saw with christian bell because we did yeah. go on a mental journey with him too because he he goes through a lot in those movies oh, um yeah, for sure and you know even even with joker when he essentially gives up at that one point because he's just like i can't beat this guy um uh that's the alfred's uh some men just want to watch the world burn speech yep, exactly um but yeah uh loved riddler penguin um Catwoman was fantastic. Uh, I think uh, she's the perfect type of person to play that. I like that they didn't over-sexualize her. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Michelle Pfeiffer's version, that that really sexualized version, was great for that setting. Yeah. I don't think a Catwoman in this setting would have would have hit it. I like the, that they went the long Halloween route where she was Falcone's daughter um you know and a lot of people told me too like i was thinking there was something much darker going on there i didn't think it was just like he was a daughter and i was like no <laughs> i think matt reeves wanted us <laughs> to think that and had limits yeah. yeah uh so i really liked how they brought her in they didn't over sexualize her she had a good backstory um and they you know they parted ways at the end which means she'll be back as well like yeah pretty much everyone except falcone will be back yeah pretty much so i i i'm i'm fine with it i love the new Joker. I thought that was such a great little Easter egg. I'm actually happy the scene wasn't in the movie for the, that we saw on YouTube. I don't think it, I, th I don't, first of all, the movie was long enough as it is. Yeah. And then the second thing for me was, I don't think it fit. I think it was better as an Easter egg, like deleted scene. I really do. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I, a lot of people were like, why was in this movie? I was like, where it didn't, it wouldn't have flowed well. Where? Yeah. Well, cause it, almost like it, it would have taken like a detour of the story. Like Joker's right. such a big character and such an impactful character, especially with the history, like 
essentially this is the fourth or fifth Joker now at this point. Like he's such an iconic character that for him to be just dropped into a movie as just like a, oh, this is a bonus scene. Like, like the way they introduced him was better because A, we did not see his face in that scene. Yes. And then we did see most of his face in the Easter egg. So it was much or the, the deleted scene. So it was much better to wait and see it after. Yes. Than it was to see it in this. Um, so I actually enjoyed their little conversation and the fact that all we noticed was like he had green hair and he had like some something's wrong with his face scars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that, you know, like one day you're on top of the world and the next day you're nothing but a clown. I was like, oh, <laughs> so good. and then I watched the deleted scene and I was like, I am very uncomfortable right now. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I'm before the deleted scene was the thing that I didn't they even knew about. Like, I remember like going and Googling like the whole Joker thing, like cause at the end of the movie. Right. And the director made the comment like, yeah, that was like not necessarily intended to be like, oh, he's the next villain. This is the Joker. The actor that played him is necessarily going to be if they go down that route. Like he was very like kind of ambiguous about it like yeah it was there to kind of like you know who it is but we're not really going to go down that path so the fact that there's this deleted scene it's almost like did he go back on what he said or I think like he, i think he wanted to throw everyone off so okay. that deleted scene was a bigger deal okay it was kind of like when we got leto at the end of the uh the snyder cut yes remember how mad everyone was because they were like why didn't you just do this in suicide squad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. why didn't you just because we all knew leto was capable yeah. That was never the issue. It was the writing and, and the stupid cap teeth and the, the tattoos. So one of the comments on this uh, video, the deleted scene, said, see, we can tell this Joker is damaged. We didn't need a tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. But the end of the Snyder Cut Joker is like phenomenal. Yeah. It made me mad because I'm never going to get that Jared Leto, like Ben Affleck. They And they weren't even in the same room. They did not film that together. You know that, right? No, I didn't know that. No, no, they oh, were wow. not. They filmed it at separate times. That's why they're never in the shot together. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. It's always a blurred version if you see them in the background. Yeah. There's also, did you see the deleted version of that? So, I don't know, I don't know how well you know Batman comics, but the, there's one where Joker kills Robin. Yes. He beats him to death with a crowbar, death yes. in the family. Yep. So, and he references that, and then apparently Harley's dead at this point in that future. Yes. So they reference that, you know, when he says, I, I, I um, hold her. So they reference that in the scene. Apparently, you know, the part where there's the long pause and then he just starts laughing. He's like, you almost got me like that. Apparently there's a version where he turns and says, who do you think screamed loudest, Bat, the boy or the girl? Ooh. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> a little too far. Like, let's reel that back in a little bit. <laughs> That's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. mean, this Joker was too. Like, the Joker should always be uncomfortable. He should always say things that a make you question your morality, just yep. like Heath Ledger's did. Yep. And then b he should always take it a step further than everyone else, and you know, and laugh about it afterwards because that's right. what he like. Um, in this one, I loved that. I love that we skipped the origin. I do. I really do because totally we told do. that Agreed. story a hundred times. It's the same thing with Spider Man. There's the most recent Spider Man. We yep. skipped the origin. I, yep. I'm all on board with that. Yeah, we're good. We're, like, let's just roll on through because we know what happened. That's why the 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 opening to that scene when he goes, "It's almost our one year anniversary." Like, cool. We skipped all that. Now he can do cool shit because we already know who he is. Yep. We don't have to wait. Yep. Um, but when he when he's like. Uh, you think I get off on these, the murder scene photos? 
and then uh, he's like, I thought you'd like be able to help or whatever he says, but the way he goes, it's so broke. <laughs> the delivery of that reminded me of Jack Nicholson when he's like carving up his assistant's face, his girlfriend's face or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I'm an artiste, you know, like that dark where you almost want to laugh, but you're like, this is so fucked up. I should not be laughing. <laughs> yes, yes. And then Mark Hamill did that really well and animated because it was they had they had restrictions. Like if you watch any of the behind the scenes on that, mm -hmm. they were like, we pushed the censors literally as far as we could. There's so much stuff that got cut out of these episodes that we couldn't do. We'd have to re-record, reanimate because they'd be like, no, just like if, if somebody went off a roof or something into the water, they always had to show them pop their head out of the water right because they, they could survive die. yeah yeah but yeah. like they said mark pushed the envelope as far as he possibly could uh and the things he said you know and yeah. uh so if they do that with this joker and continue that trend which by the makeup alone i can tell because i have a feeling this is a combination of the joker that falls in the acid but he doesn't come out like jack nicholson he comes out like that or maybe Mauled. he was a yeah. victim of an acid attack or something like that yeah his face is oh yeah well and his hair's up. missing and stuff like yeah yeah he's yeah. just like it, that was you see his fingers like are all still bloody and burned yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah no i'm i'm uh i am very very excited for the future of that that franchise i think they're off to the right foot finally <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um well i would love to learn more about your uh, mmo journey this week Yes. So as I said last week, I never played World of Warcraft. Uh, the only MMO I have experience with the history with, I played EVE Online in 2003 when it first came out. And I played for about three or four years. And um, unlike anything I've ever played before, because prior to that, it was pretty much just first person shooters, you know, Counter-Strike, Day of Defeat, Tribes 2, Medal of Honor, that sort of thing. Um, so as I said, I downloaded the game free trial, jumped into it, uh, played it on stream, which of course my community loved to see me just, you know, jump in for the first time. But as I was playing through it and I was asking questions like, you can't do this or where's this at? Or, you know, that sort of thing. A lot of people were saying, um, well, Final Fantasy has that or Final Fantasy does that or you're, you'd probably like that in Final Fantasy. Cause I know Mike, you guys said Mike was a big fan of Final Fantasy. Yep. Um, and so through the conversation of that day playing WoW, I said, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll download Final Fantasy. It's got a free trial as well. And I said, just for shits and giggles, I'll download EVE online as well. And I'll just kind of do this like trifecta, like go around the whole, cause I played EVE and I remember back in the day, I loved it, I played it for years. Even came back to it when it came to Mac, cause I'm, I'm kind of an Apple guy all across the board, except for the PCs I used to game and stream now. So when it came back, to, when it came to Apple, I was like, I'll give it even another shot. Um, so World of Warcraft, my kind of general consensus is, I definitely see why people love the game, get addicted to the game because of the, the core mechanics of leveling, progression, loot you know and that sort of thing um but i also think that as a me personally because i don't really like dated things like movies tv shows like if it's too if it looks too old or if it's from a date uh, dated period of time i kind of like mm. i'm very much more of a sci-fi futuristic new clean shiny i like remakes i'm one of those rare guys that like a movie from the 80s or 90s gets remade today and i'm like oh i like the new version it's different it's not the same but i liked it you know total recall is a great example i love the, the the remake of total recall i love the original but when you watch it it's so old and dated the graphics the the, the cg like it's just so shitty looking right but it was badass back in when it was first came out i love the new version with with colin and and uh jessica and you know like like i love the new version because it just looks badass right 
Um, so playing World of Warcraft just feels dated. It just felt like an old game. Um, I'm sure the graphics have been updated numerous times over the, over the you know decades, but I just it didn't grab me, and I felt at some point was kind of like okay, so go here. I played New World, so I, I played a lot of New World, and that was that was kind of my most recent MMO experience, right? Like I had, I had Eve, I don't know, 18 years ago, and then I had I had New World last year. And New World obviously is very different than current MMOs because it's not a tab targeting; it's you know point click kind of thing. Um, more of like more of like a first, more of like a shooter, right? It feels like a third person shooter. And so playing this and and doing the whole like lock on target, you know, click on the person, then click on your abilities and. And everyone kept saying, oh, you need these add-ons. You got to add, you have got to have all these add-ons to be able to do all these things. And, and you know, cause I'm watching people play the game and I'm like, I see the little things keep going. I don't have to keep clicking them. Right. Right. Or they're, they're pushing the buttons. So it's very hard to get used to that kind of mechanic of click on the target, click on your ability, wait for the ability to stop, then click on the next one, do this one before this one. So they get the, 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 the effect and it's a lot, right? It was a lot. And then people were like, oh, there's more bars. And so I had a sidebar and two bars on the bottom. And I'm like, holy shit, there's so much, there's so much to this game. Um, so I, I don't know, I did it. I played for about six hours. And, and then the next day I created another character because once I got to a certain level, I could unlock new, new, new classes and start at a higher level. I didn't have to like do the whole tutorial again. So I did, um, my first character was a blood elf warlock. Horde. I was watching you play that. One horde. Uh, and then the second character was a uh, death knight. Okay. And then so I think I down the, at a higher level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I met the, I met the Lynch King and I, I went around and did some, did some missions in that world, that realm. Um, like I said, I understand why people like it. I can see why people get hooked on it. I think it's just because I don't have the history. I don't have the nostalgia, um, you know, and I, I don't have that like rich experience. Like people have stories, right? The people have, you have stories of like history of like, I played, we did this, we raided, we did this. And everybody kept saying too, like, you gotta get past, you know, you gotta get max levels so you can get to the raids and the dungeons. And I kept coming back to them like, yeah, but it's not, I'm not enjoying this experience of leveling up. Right. I'm not, it's not satisfying enough for me to, to, you know, to keep going. I understand right. the, the good shits at the end. It's like all games, destiny, new world, like I get to max level. So you can start grinding for gear and, and whatnot. So I, I understand that. Um, so then I, I downloaded final fantasy. And so that was on Friday, Monday, I jumped into, um, sorry, jets flying. Woo. Um, <laughs> I jumped into final fantasy on Monday and, uh, same thing, right? Everyone's like, Oh shit, you're playing final fantasy. Cool. 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 Um, I think in generally, I liked Final Fantasy better. Uh, again, upgraded graphics, the graphics just looked cleaner. Um, the tutorials of walking me through how to play the game, I, I knew what I was doing quicker. Like, like they explained it and I was like, okay, cool. I'm, now I'm doing this, this is what I'm doing next. And I felt like I was up to speed faster. Hated the fact that every time I talked to somebody, it was a cutscene or dialogue. And I had to like skip, 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 skip. Everyone's like, why are you skipping the cutscenes? I'm like, because I don't give a shit about the story. Like, I just want to play the game and like see oh, how no, it works. You can't and, play Final Fantasy and oh not give God, a shit about the story. I triggered so many people, bro. It was like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, I'm, this is for science. I kept having to put it in the title and say it. This is for science. I'm just learning how the game mechanics work. Um, that one I, to I, 50 story is brutally bad, too. Is it? Yeah, apparently it gets like much better when you get to higher levels, which I've okay. heard from trusted friends. Yeah. But that ARR story, even though they've redone it, it's definitely better, but it's it ain't that good. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, I think if I, you know, just one to one comparison, I, I lean, I liked, enjoyed Final Fantasy better. Um, I like the fact that you change your like, like you change your weapon and it changes your class and you have a separate level for that. And like, you know, the, the progression, the leveling was a little more easier to understand. Um, but at the same time, 
the reason like with wow like again the aesthetic of the orcs and goblins and like the fantasy world and the graphic palette of more of a cartoony was a turnoff final fantasy was the same boat where it's like the anime style you know like it just doesn't do it for me um, and mm-hmm. i kept using like trying to use like trying to use like food analogies i was trying to like you know or, or, or tv show analogies like someone says this show is freaking awesome and you're like yeah but it's set in the 1920s i just don't really like that genre i don't like that aesthetic i don't like it might be the most amazing show in the world but just on the cover you're like mm, you know doesn't do it for me kind of like call of duty when they do the world war ii stuff i'm like i i'm over world war ii like i i want futuristic i want sci-fi like i want you know whatever so then fast forward to the next day i jump into eve where again i played it 18 19 years ago when it first came out which i actually i think next week is like 19 year anniversary Jeez. um i immediately in, started enjoying it much better because it's space it's sci-fi all of the menus are like clean and crisp and it's like a HUD. You're like in this like cockpit and, and everyone was like a little jarred because you're looking at a spaceship the whole time, right? You're like not looking at your character, your character's a little profile picture, but you're looking at a spaceship the whole time. Um, it very much feels the same. You zoom out, you can see all around you. You can zoom real close into your character, your, your ship. Um, it's very much the same, like lock on target. But it, it's the visceral effect of like literally locking on target where you're like voo, 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 locked on and then you, you start firing your weapons and there's like i enjoyed that experience in fact i ended, I ended up playing it for like 11 hours whereas the other two i only played for about six i just kept playing and i ended up going back and getting my old character back uh my buddy had my login information because he played it for a little bit and uh people were coming into the directory and this is another thing too as, as a content creator as a streamer final fantasy and world of warcraft is a much bigger directory right yep. so with my view count i was you know 30 40 down in the in the directory no big deal i had a few people come through new people like hey first time what's going on you know the, with eve i was number one number two in the directory the whole time and i ended up getting a raid from the number one guy too so i stayed there pretty much the whole day so i had a constant flow of new faces coming in because my title was old player coming back to play for yeah, science right i love that with mmos yeah, so they're like, oh, cool, man. So, you know, when did you play? How much did you play? Blah, blah, blah. And just reminiscing. And then, of course, people being generous and giving, like, you can just, like, what's your name? Oh, here's some money. Boop. You know, send me the money. Um, so I could, like, buy stuff. And people were giving me ships and stuff. Like, here, try this ship out. Dungeon keys. Like, it was just, like, I was in. But, again, I was enjoying it far more than the other two right away. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I got my old character back and logged in and actually checked it out i have 90 million skill points and uh you know i've got like a billion net worth and stuff so i'm like okay if i want to play i'm ready to rock and roll but uh i think that the 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 general the outcome the conclusion of this whole thing is i don't know if i'm an mmo player i think um the grand scheme of things i obviously i know it's it's a commitment right to get into an mmo and to really play it and then experience it it's a commitment um and one of the things I've been to- like trying to like wrap my head around just recently is game selection in general, right? As, as a streamer, um, a lot of people just play one game, right? They're a one game person. That's just what they're known for. They're an X streamer, right? And I, I tried that in the past with destiny and with, with call of duty and Tarkov and stuff. And even though I say to myself, like I could see myself playing a game like Tarkov indefinitely because they keep updating it. And there's the white mechanic where every six months you start from scratch and have to rebuild and, new contents added. I always find myself shifting to another game at some point after three or four months. And so I'm thinking that I am actually more of geared toward not necessarily variety, but like I have my three or four games that I can dip into. Yep. So I feel like paying a subscription fee for an MMO probably just wouldn't work for me just because I would probably play for a couple months, 
either feel obligated to continue playing even though i don't necessarily want to or feel like i did all that work and then you know cancel subscription is almost kind of for nothing you know yeah there's there's um there's a few options there uh there are some free-to-play ones obviously but mm -hmm. you don't get as much out of it um i know lord of the rings online just announced like you can get to, i think it's level 70 or 90 uh completely free oh, which wow. is unheard of yeah in the space um so i mean if you wanted to like keep going down the rabbit hole and see if there's one out there that you would enjoy the two that i would say you could try are star wars the old republic which the end of the game like the last expansion is is broken right now but I mean, like you'd have to put in hundreds of hours to get there anyway. So right. I think you could try it without worrying about that. Also, their one to 50 stories are different for each of the eight classes. Oh, wow. OK, so it has a tons of replayability if you make a new character and, you know, there's that. And then Elder Scrolls Online is way more um, it's because it's made to be controller friendly. Mm -hmm. So your rotations are shorter um and it's not a it's it's an action mmo is is, is what it's yeah. called and yeah. um it's more geared towards um i don't want to say a simpler rotation and stuff because wow retail is pretty simple right now but it's it's not and again you can play final fantasy with a controller too but mm -hmm. from what i've heard it's like finger bending combinations to try and get some of your spells off right but eso is is made with a controller in mind so you could play it either way i prefer mouse and keyboard but i will i have when i had um stadia uh it linked to my pc account so i could lay in bed and play with the controller and get my dailies done and stuff um but yeah if, if you want to try those two i would say those would be the last two i would tell you to try and then you know if you don't like those it ain't yeah, for you 100 people were saying eso and guild wars well, apparently was the other one that people said i should try guild wars is good it's completely different than any other mmo in the sense of the way the game works not necessarily the way it plays okay. um but it's very similar to WoW and Final Fantasy, both aesthetically and um, in the the style of the game. But the the systems and the mechanics in Guild Wars are different than any other MMO. Um, so gotcha. I like Guild Wars, but I just don't really have a, a reason to play it. I, I don't. I guess that's the best way I can put it. Gotcha. Um, I would there's other games I would prefer to play over Guild Wars, which is why I and see and, that, and that's kind of where again, I, I kind of come around to, OK, what games do I, like I like? What are the things that I like? I looked at and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. It looks good. Like right now I'm playing a lot of um, Icarus, which is a, a survival RPG, yep. right? So your character has levels. Everything you do gives you XP. You hit a tree, you hit a rock, you get XP, right? Very similar to, you know, a lot of other things you do. It's all XP based and you unlock skill points. And you unlock talent points. And so you learn a new talent, something to craft, something you can do, and then your skills make your things you do better. And I love that. I really do love that kind of progression where it's like, do this thing a hundred times and now you do it better or you get a better reward out of it. That's something I definitely, definitely, Tarkov has, you know, spoiled me in that, in that, that sense, right? You level up your character to unlock better trade, trader uh, levels to buy and sell things, to unlock new mission or new, new tasks. And then also you have skills behind the scenes that make your character better. So you level up your strength, you can carry more. You level up your endurance, you can run farther. I love that. Um, but at the same time, I'm wrapping my head around games like No Man's Sky, where there is no player progression. There's just like faction rep. And so you level your factions to get more missions, get better rewards, be able to purchase things or go places. So... I'm trying to find this balance of like, I like science fiction, so I'm definitely going down that path. 
two games right now that are on my radar coming one's already kind of out quote unquote out which is star citizen the game that will never be done everyone likes to say that and starfield which is bethesda's new rpg that's coming out it's supposed to be like skyrim in space and i just i just got put my radar and i'm just now starting to pay attention to that Mm -hmm. um and try to like learn i know they haven't released any gameplay which everyone's like weary about um it's supposed to come out 11 11 22 like that's it's in their trailer like it's that's their date we'll see um yeah well yeah yeah, we'll see um so i don't know like that like to me it's it's like i'm trying to wrap my head around because i love cyberpunk i loved cyberpunk with all the bugs i i you know i overlook those bugs as long as the game plays did you try outer worlds i did not give outer worlds a try outer worlds okay it has an expansion too um it's it was a single player rpg uh it's set in space uh it's a really like wacky type of space game it's made by obsidian those are the folks that made coder 2 and they're working on that avowed game okay um so uh similar structure to that skyrim style single player rpg but a bit more uh streamlined so it's not so open yeah um, but yeah i i enjoyed it when i played it um it's worth it's worth the journey i think i finished the main game in less than 40 hours so it's not really too too long either um, and see, and that's where I'm like, that's I'm trying to like, I almost have to like, feel like I have to tell my, talk to myself, like, this is what I want to play. This is what I like. Like, I enjoy playing DayZ, right? I played, I played DayZ with some friends, but there's no progression. Like you, you can survive for weeks and your character doesn't get any better or anything like that. You just have more shit. You're just surviving. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're just, that's a sandbox where you just want to make your own adventure type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. But imagine if the longer you survived, like your character got stronger, faster, you could survive more with less food. Uh, you're yep. more re- used to the temperatures and stuff. Like that would be a really cool uh, mechanic in the game. And, and that's kind of where I was like, mm, that's what kills me with DayZ. It's like all you're doing is surviving and there's no rewards for surviving. There's no, you know, leaderboards. There's no ranks. There's no. So it's kind of like, again, what are you playing for? Right? Like right. I followed, I love Call of Duty. I, grew up, I mean, I played Call of Duty for years and I still really enjoy it, but it's like, I've gotten spoiled these other games where it's like, now if you play Call of Duty, once you hit the first prestige and you reset it, you're all you're going for is skins, you know, yeah. camos. And I'm like, mm, that's not enough for me. And I, and that's one of the reasons why I don't play COD anymore. Like I used to, you know, cause it just, yeah. it doesn't do enough for me. No, I hear you. I, I, I agree. Isn't arc like that. And like Conan and all those games, don't they have like, you can progress. You unlock, yeah, I think you unlock stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, and I do. That. I do enjoy survival games. Like I said, uh, I, I played a, a couple here and there. Icarus is my current flavor because it is science fiction. Um, it is like there's, there's XP, there's progression, there's skills, unlocks and stuff like that. And and it came out when I was really heavy New World. So even though it's been out for, I don't know, I think we just had the 21 week update. Um, I'm just now scratching the surface, right? I, I, yeah. I zoomed out on the mission screen because it's all mission based. It's session based, right? It's not open world. You fly down pretty, pretty much the same location every time. Uh, there's three or four biomes, but you'd land from scratch. The only stuff you'd come down with is whatever the cool new technology you buy. But you're like picking up rocks and sticks and, and, and building shit from scratch every time. And they keep adding new missions. So like every week they're adding one or two new missions or adding uh, new items, new skills. So it's very cool because the game just continues to progress. Right. And there's something to come back to like literally every week. So I'm like, right. all right, I'm going to give this game, go, a game a go and just play through it. And then I'm hoping by the time I'm done with that, I've got a good sense of like, you know, okay, I do like this kind of do your own thing. And, and, and I think No Man's Sky might be the next thing I jump into. 
I, I tried No Man's Sky so many times. I completely understand the appeal. That game is just not for me because of what you just described, the, the lack of progression. Yeah. And again, there's progression in the sense that you can build cool shit, you can upgrade your ship, you can do stuff like that, but the lack of personal progression, like I don't get anything from X, Y, and Z. Yes. It just, it turns me off because I feel like, again, I'm going nowhere. I'm just building stuff and you know what? And then, then what? That's kind of like yeah. what I say, which you could yeah. say in any game, honestly, but. Well, but that's, yeah, and, that, and I, I'm 100% agree with you. That's why I, I, I only played it for like a week, I think. And then I kind of left it because I'm like, you're, all you're really doing is leveling, is getting money to buy yeah. more stuff and do more things. And everyone's like, well, it's an exploration game. You have all these, um, you know, thousands of worlds and, you know, you can do all these things. And now there are like, uh, what are they called? Uh, ex excursions or uh, I forget what they're called. There's a, there's a thing now that you can like have a mission and, mm -hmm. and it's mold, it's co-op and stuff like that. And so there is some there and someone was in my chat yesterday. I was talking about it. Cause I'm like, I'm interested in playing it. Um, what do you do this and that? And they're like, well, there's faction, like there is faction rep with the races. And so as you level up the races, you get more stuff you can do with them and better rewards when you do stuff for them. So very similar to games where they have these, like the, you know, these factions, the cycle is a game that is, I, I plan on playing. It's very like much like Tarkov it's science fiction, but there is no player progression. The only progression are the three factions, but there is a, a like a, a, a literal, like level it up and you can get better gear. Like here's this awesome gun, but you have to level like 12. With, exactly. You get your level, your faction that rank up, you can buy cooler shit, better shit. And so you have to do missions and grind missions for that faction to have their dope gear. That was my turn off with Sea of Thieves too. Was like I felt like I just had to do the same thing over and over again to grind for Athena rep so I could get you know the Athena. And I was just like, this is not for me. There's not enough diversity. And the Sea of Thieves updates are great. Like the Pirates of the Caribbean one was so much fun. But at the yeah. same time, like I only got halfway through it because it again they were like, all right, now go around and you know find seventy five chests. And I'm like, <laughs> that's yeah. one of the reasons I stopped playing Destiny was because that's what Destiny turned into was you know go do go killed the, the thousand thrall now on this planet at this time and i was just like i wanted destiny to be more like wow and i've said mm -hmm. this a thousand times on this show and on the other shows and it just never did that and i yeah. felt like that's what i was sold back in 2014 and it never turned into that never because i understand of the restrictions on the engine and all that stuff like no no subscription sure but that's why i, I stopped playing was because it just it it became too much of the same thing over and over again um and uh you know i'm ha i love when they drop updates i watch people play it and, you know pop in see what's going on with the story but that's about it um you know nothing against the game i just realized it's probably, not for you probably, probably not for me. i even tried because a lot of my gaming once i stopped streaming i switched to my xbox so i could play in my living room huh because i have a beautiful tv it's like why not use it and i tried playing destiny again on the tv um, brought my account over and everything and it just nope. didn't do it for you nope yep the gunplay uh, is still the best gunplay in all of video games in my opinion but just nope yeah that's kind of where i'm at like last year was the first year that i kind of took a break from destiny i went real hard on escape from tarkov and i feel like it, that that game spoiled it for me like now i need more of that progression i need that more of that diversity and so i come back for you know an update here now i played witch queen i love that story love that campaign it was great um, I've done the new raid a couple of times. I like the idea of the gun grind and whatnot to be able to craft your own gun, but I just find myself playing other things because it just, I, I've kind of like, it's ran its course. And to your point, like once I've got a taste for these other games that kind of satisfy this appetite that I have, Destiny no longer does that. 
yeah. I'll, I'll swing back over and play or do a raid with some friends and hang out with some friends for a little bit. We obviously still have conversations about the game, but I definitely don't play it nearly as much as I used to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's where I am. But a game we could maybe play together and what uh, we're going to hopefully find out more at the Bethesda Xbox presser, which happens the second day at GCX. And yes, like I said, we asked for permission to uh, stream it and do a, a follow-up panel. Um, but uh, there is... A Mandalorian, there's a rumor, Mandalorian MMO in the works at Xbox Bethesda. I have said for years that the Elder Scrolls formula as an MMO would work perfectly in the Star Wars universe. You know, putting people in a mega server, but they were in their own server, you know, doing stuff and seeing other people running around would be perfect. The Elder Scrolls Online has one of the most vast worlds with different biomes that you can visit and go to that I've ever seen. And they're still not even done uh, with Tamriel, let alone going to the other continents uh, uh, in that game. Um, but it would just work from a planetary standpoint of being able to go to Hoth or Tatooine or, you know, wherever. And seeing this in like just made me so happy. The thing that gets me, though, is it seems like they won't do force users if it's specifically mandalorian themed um you know perhaps we're all going to be mandos in 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 one of the points of history of, of right. star wars you know who knows maybe it's the mandalorian jedi war and we're fighting against the jedi which would be really cool and different sure uh, i don't know what it's going to be but it sounds really cool and i trust Zenimax online because elder scrolls has become one of my favorite games to play um their their whole philosophy of that's the other thing about elder scrolls is to just play your way if you only want to run around and do quests and explore the world, cool. We'll give you XP for that. If you want to go do dungeons and just run fun stuff with your friends and world bosses, cool. We'll give you XP for that. You want to do the really hard dungeons and like really start to get ready for raiding? Cool. We'll give you XP for that. You want to raid? Cool. We'll give you good XP and good gear for that. You want to do PvP? Yeah, we'll give you gear in it. You can do anything at any point with anyone. And that is attractive to me in an MMO, especially this day and age where... Um, the MMO generation has grown up. We don't all have, you know, 70 hours a week to play yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it really helps. But that being said, taking that into the Star Wars universe really makes me excited. It, it makes me excited to see uh, Lucasfilm really letting all of these other studios across our industry get a crack at, at you know, making a galaxy far, far away a playground. So there's lots of Star Wars stuff coming. I hope June 12th is an announcement for that game. Um, but... There's a chance they announce it at Celebration too, and then just follow up with something at uh, at on June twelfth. So we we'll can get see. a teaser from on Celebration, right? Like a like an actual visual. Here's the logo. Here's the official name. Like something mm -hmm. like that. And then, like you said, the actual Xbox Bethesda. That whole thing could be a deep actual. Dive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And isn't there also a Star Wars game coming out for PlayStation? Like an exclusive PlayStation There's game. The one that was announced last week. Um, uh, which was based on that eight second demo from E3 a few years back um, where mm -hmm. the, uh, the, it's a guy in like a, a, a jacket and he walks out and he's in, obviously on Tatooine and there's these two huge Imperial banners and a ex, uh, TIE fighter flies up overhead and it looks gorgeous. But um, yeah, the, that one was announced last week. Uh, it doesn't have a name or anything yet, but it's from a new studio. Um, oh, oh. I just went to look. It says Jedi Fallen Order receives a disappointing release update. Not only was it. A, uh, so what's. The, oh, that it's going to be current gen exclusive. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2. Oh, yeah. No, but also I just I'm, I'm seeing now here. Uh, 
there's a remake of Star Wars Knightsville Republic is a PlayStation yep, they announced 5 exclusive. that last year. Okay, that's right what I was thinking of. I, I, just, I remember just, just recently hearing something about a Star Wars PlayStation 5 exclusive. So that's the remake of Knightsville Republic. Okay, but you're talking about something different. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Well, Clintus, we're not even going to get to the news today or Love, Death, and Robots because you and me <laughs> spent a lot of time talking about a few different things. So we'll yeah. save once again Love, Death, and Robots, which is season three comes out next month. So perfect timing to, to, to mess with it, but we're going to put it back a week again uh, and chit-chat with Mike uh, on that. But we're going to get out of here today. Clintus, where can everyone find you on the interwebs? Uh, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. It's all Clintus. There you go. It's that simple. Clintus. You could probably Google it and it'll come up too. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can head over to raredrop.co and check out everything we're working on. Listen to old episodes of Old Fashioned or some of our other shows. Uh, we got Star Wars and Scotch, Broman Podcast, uh, you name it. Uh, comics. We got it. Uh, and the special announcement on Monday. Yes, there's there's that happening. I am also uh, going to be uh, putting my beautiful face back on the interwebs for Rare Drop a few days a week as well. So you'll be able to see me. Maybe I'll play some games with Clintus some days. We'll see what happens. Ooh. I'm trying to keep it to Xbox because that's like my thing right now. It's like I'm really enjoying holding a controller and not like, but I know eventually I'm going to get back into PC games. So we'll see. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so there's that and there's a whole bunch of other, other stuff coming. But remember, GCX is coming quick. So get your tickets. GCXevent.com slash tickets. We will see you next week for episode 31 of the Old Fashioned Podcast. You all have a fantastic week, and we will see you then. See you.